Welcome to the 3D Fantasy Podcast featuring Daniel Lonergan, David DiPietro, and Dylan Pereira. To the 3D Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up? Back again, Dan, Dylan, and David joining you uh, today for your fantasy football insights. And uh, it's a big day. It's a big day for us here at the podcast. Uh, tonight, we will be having our first ever, our inaugural 3D Fantasy Listener League draft. Woo! Uh, 12 teams, PPR format. Nothing too crazy, but it is a deeper roster. We've set it up. It's uh, two running backs, three wideouts. Two flex. Uh, still only one quarterback, though, so we're not going to drive that market. Flexing on these haters, right? Right? Always. Always yes. be flexing. Sweet. Dylan, that. big sophomore year for you? Oh, big sophomore year. So, But this is this is your first, like, true... Official, like... League. Like, like people... you're in it with people you know, talk to. Yes. There's money on the line. There's a WhatsApp group. You're oh getting used God. to what that looks yeah, like. That's... Fun or WhatsApp group chats it's very interesting yeah. so far it's great, just the great start to the season just the beginning you wake up in the morning 62 unread messages i mean i'm okay with it but geez wait till trades start being vetoed and oh, players Can't start getting that. injured the phone's drama. gonna blow on, up okay on that note it's not something that we were going to talk about today but we're, I, we i'm interested to it. know where do the two of you stand on trade vetoes hate it like shouldn't exist i mean so much collusion in fantasy football when there's a group of friends that are involved or there's somebody that doesn't really know or doesn't really like somebody else. I mean, I mean, tell me a little bit more about the veto system because since I'm right. okay. very, so, very yeah, new so you've this. never been in a, in a league like this. Um, normally in like free Yahoo or ESPN leagues, you're probably not making trades. Um, but when you get into kind of more personal leagues, often a topic that comes up is trading players. Uh, if you're in a dynasty league, a keeper league, trading for uh, next season maybe trading some picks, and there's this concept of the league can vote as to whether or not they like the trade or they hate the trade, uh, almost as if to cancel the trade. So the league as in the commissioner or everyone? Well, no, the other, everyone, other yeah. owners okay. have the opportunity to vote for or against a trade, um, and then the league commissioner will would make kind of a decision as to do I allow this go through or do I decline it? Honestly, I, in my opinion... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, it, it sounds trash already, the veto system. I mean, trading in fantasy during the active season, if you're contending, in my opinion, is trash anyways. Yeah. Because you, like, I don't understand the point of a fantasy trade. So you don't you're, think trading, no trade. I don't see the point of trading because you're strengthening somebody else's team and they're strengthening your team. I wouldn't want to strengthen a position of somebody else's team, even if it meant that I got a player back that I truly needed. Like, so wait, are you not in on the whole trading system? Or I just, just, I'm just not big on interesting. trading. Oh, interesting so you just trade. don't like trading in general? I don't like trading in general. Oh, I think just the veto system in the trading is weird. Trading is fine. Mm-hmm. Vetoing but, is worse than trading in general. Like, there's trades that can benefit both sides, but I don't want to benefit the other side. But what if it's something like, I mean, listening, thinking about this down the line, but if you're just trading CMC for Saquon and like, you feel that Saquon's going to be better, and the other guy's like, no, CMC's going to be better, and that's that trade. I guess. Like, that's a like-for-like like trade, but again, I don't think that 
that truly benefits either side. And so that's just a zero trade policy for you. I just, I am not big on it. it obviously, if somebody offers me something that I think I'm going to fleece them on, I'll probably accept it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go out and propose trades and look for other teams that need to fill gaps. Mm, I just won't do it. Interesting. Interesting yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm of the position of not declining trades unless there's an explicit uh, showing of, of collusion or something yeah. like that. But honestly, I mean, if you're if you're in the system and, and you're playing, you got to have some type of knowledge of what you're doing. Um, you're making a conscious decision to make that trade and you're agreeing to it. I'm kind of of the point of, hey, like that's on you. If there's if there's clear evidence that yeah two people are working together okay you step in you shut that down as a, a league commissioner that's fair that's yeah. what the commissioner should do yeah when um, you but get other than that like if you just don't like it because oh well I don't like the fact that yeah Christian McCaffrey's gonna go to this guy's team now because I don't like that owner yeah no I'm sorry like that's not a valid reason to veto a trade yeah I agree yeah uh, as long as there's there's fairness on both sides but yeah. good little segue. Um, what we do plan on talking about today, got a couple items on the docket, uh, again, mentioning that we are drafting tonight. So a lot of these things we're going to talk about, um, draft strategy based on where you're drafting. So again, we have a 12 team league and, uh, each one of us has kind of a different position. So D- uh, Dylan, you're early on, you have the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. I have the fifth, David, you're sitting at what? 10, 10, yeah. 10. So we're going to take you through kind of, you know, where where we're at at those different positions uh we're going to walk you through some of our top draft targets that we're hoping to walk away with um but we're going to kick things off today uh david you're going to walk us through a segment looking at new or returning quarterbacks so quarterbacks on new teams or ones coming back from injury uh, and the offensive impact that that may or may not have on their uh, running backs or wide receivers Mm -hmm. yeah this is something that just kind of popped into my mind Last week, thinking about when you look at wide receivers or even running backs from last year, um, how they may have suffered through having a quarterback that was filling in via injury um, or just a quarterback that wasn't in a good situation. So we looked at the top five or six teams that now have a new quarterback this year and what it could mean for the wide receivers, mo- may- mainly sorry, uh, on that team. So first and foremost, I think we'll look at Arizona. Uh, the upgrade from Josh Rosen to Kyler Murray, what that will possibly do for their offense, thinking about guys like Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, and I think most importantly, David Johnson. Yeah, I think uh, that upgrade at quarterback is going to provide a lot of opportunities for those guys. Um, David Johnson, again, hopefully if Kyler Murray can spread that ball around better than Josh Rosen, it should open up that interior box, hopefully not seeing as many nine-man defensive fronts as he did last year. Uh, Klingsbury coming up with a slightly different offensive scheme to really spread that ball around. End of the day, Kyler Murray has to produce. Um, there's concerns that he's a little bit too small. I'm not going to start speculating about if he's going to get injured during the season. There's no point in doing that. I think we've seen some preseason glimpses that he can get out of that pocket and he can move around. Uh, and I think all three guys should benefit from that change. Yeah, and I think I don't know if this is the best example of a wide receiver like Larry Fitzgerald that will have a spike in numbers because he's proven that he can perform with any quarterback. So Kyler Murray is an upgrade from Josh Rosen, but probably not the biggest one that we'll see on this list. Uh, Denver, Joe Flacco upgrading from the Rolodex of Keenum, <laughs> Osweiler, Simeon. Who do we have this week? <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Flacco. I don't think that he can sling the ball well, but I think just having somebody that is there full-time, 
the wide receivers can get used to that person rather than thinking about who the heck is our uh, quarterback for this week. So the impact on guys like Emmanuel Sanders, who's coming back from injury, uh, Cortland Sutton, and somebody like Philip Lindsay, I think is important to note there too. Yeah, I mean, you saw early in the season last year in Baltimore before they switched to Lamar Jackson, the the yard numbers weren't there. Like, they weren't spreading the ball around. Uh, the downfield targets had certainly declined since, you know, prime Joe Flacco days. So there's some concern definitely there. Um, I think value-wise of where you can get a guy like Emmanuel Sanders in drafts, he's starting to creep up. The fact that he even stepped on the field uh, this past week against San Francisco, you saw his ADP jump to now he's starting to go in like seventh or eighth rounds. Okay, now you have to start thinking a bit more, but he's still a, a number one mm-hmm. receiver on that team. The backfield, I still just, I don't love that situation, and I'm, I'm still kind of avoiding it, but that's personal scarring from last year. Yeah, and uh, one that's near and dear to your heart, the Jacksonville upgrade, Nick hey. Foles from Blake Bortles. Can't get much worse than Blake Bortles. Bortles. Hey. Uh, Blaine Gabbert do we need to revisit those days that's that's how about we don't go to that dark dark place but I think we've alluded to it a little bit earlier as well probably some more overlooked players like D.D. Westbrook uh, Lee I don't know how much of a impact it'll have on Fournette but that's a pretty good example of players that would have been overlooked in the past that now you can keep a closer eye on with a good throwing quarterback yeah I think I think the impact that it or I hope rather that it will have a big impact on Fournette because teams knew how much the Jags wanted to run the ball in the past two seasons. I think you look at the statistics and he has ran the ball the most or the percentages of the number of times that they ran the ball is more than any other team in the league. Uh, And it's up into like the 40s in terms of percentages. Defense, they know what's coming. So if Foles can move that ball around, again, you have another new coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator in that system things will change they they have to change from from what they were um, it's hopeful that yeah that ball can get spread out similar to Arizona right you saw the negative impact it had on David Johnson Fournette obviously had his injury problems last year and those seem to be behind him uh, but you know hamstrings can can tweak and they can pop up and flare up from time to time but I think with a slightly lessened workload he's still extremely valuable from a fantasy perspective getting the volume he needs but the right quality of opportunities. For sure. And the example that made me think about this whole concept was the Garoppolo situation coming back to San Fran. And since that time, uh, he's been playing absolutely terrible in the preseason. Yeah. So I do still think that he is a fantastic quarterback in the upgrade that they have there. I think they split the load between Mullins and Beathard last year. Um, but the one, the reason why I started thinking about this was I'm um, in a different keeper league and I was considering keeping George Kittle. Um, because of the relationship that he had with the quarterbacks that were playing last year. They really didn't have much of another option. Uh, But Garoppolo coming back made me question that decision. So uh, I think it's interesting to think about what he might bring, how he'll start utilizing his wide receivers a little bit more if he does get back uh, to the form that he was playing in before he got injured. Yeah, and, and I know we had talked about that Kittle situation a bit. I don't love the current draft price of Kittle. Um, if you weren't able to keep him in a keeper league with some kind of bonuses or whatnot, you probably got him off the waiver wire uh, last year. I know, I think in our league, I got him off the waiver wire, ended up flipping him to you yeah. in a trade that you hate so much. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> I think you, I actually, I don't know, even know if we traded. I think I picked him up off the waiver wire. You dropped him. I may have for some yeah. silly reason. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have, a, I had a lot of problems last year. <laughs> 
A lot of problems. Um, but no, yeah, I was reading a report yesterday, I think, that Garoppolo still doesn't look comfortable on that knee. Uh, coming back from that ACL injury, he's not planting on that leg the way you know comfortable quarterbacks or guys who have not been injured do. Uh, and I think that has led to kind of the inconsistency in the preseason game so far. Again, that's a type of concern why I don't like Kittle at his current price because who knows how long it's going to take to get that relationship. They still posted good numbers before Garoppolo went down. A lot of people think, oh, well, Kittle only had such a good year because of Beathard um, and the rotating wheel of quarterbacks because fresh quarterbacks tend to rely on their tight ends. Kittle was still getting the numbers with Garoppolo. His numbers got better once Garoppolo went down. Uh, but it's more of that chemistry and that confidence that Garoppolo needs to build back up that yeah. concerns me. I think the last one we'll look at is just in Philly. I think it's interesting. Carson Wentz over Nick Foles. Um, not a massive upgrade. I think Nick Foles played well, um, but he's no Carson Wentz. And I think that makes a big difference when you're looking at potentially drafting some Philly wide receivers. Yeah, they're a different style. They're very different quarterbacks. Um, again, another serious injury concern, like a back injury, that gets tweaked or he get, takes another big shot, we could be right back in that situation. Um, but he's a much more accurate deep thrower, yeah. which I think, and I know we've talked about it on the show before, benefiting a guy like Deshaun Jackson coming into that system. I mean, Zach Ertz will still be Zach Ertz. I think his, his numbers might dip a little, um, but he has shown immense chemistry with Carson mm-hmm. Wentz in the past. He's a top red zone target. Um, and at a tight end position that's pretty volatile once you get past those top three, it, it comes back to, do you like what you're paying for him? Yeah. But no, overall, that offense should be better. The running game, though, I'm still concerned about, regardless of who's oh, for sure. behind center there, just because they don't commit to who they're using. So it's tough to draft with confidence any one of those guys. Yeah, so I think some big trades this year came up with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks coming back from injury, some rookies that might get their shot. So... When you think about drafting, if you're basing it off what happened last year for good or for bad, um, just really look at the changes that have been made. Understand the offense a little bit better. And you might honestly be able to grab somebody that uh, would have been considered a sleeper, but now with the new quarterback that they have in, could potentially be somebody that uh, is in a starting role for you. So, Yeah, and it's interesting. You look at all of those names, except maybe Murray um, and maybe Carson Wentz, but Probably guys that are going to be on your waiver wire after your draft if you're in a one QB league. Uh, two QB league, probably all of those guys will, will go. Maybe maybe not Foles. I don't, it depends on your league. Um, but even with Wentz and Murray, guys that you can get into that ninth, tenth round. Um, and yeah, depending on your league setup and, and the rest of your roster construction, there could be some good value there. So uh, next we're going to move on to kind of our draft strategy. As we mentioned, we do have our big listener league draft tonight. Again, 12 teams, PPR. Um, we tweaked the quarterback settings that a, a passing touchdown is actually worth six points. So have been getting some interesting feedback on that because it does value quarterbacks slightly differently uh, for those that are in offenses that pass the ball more and you think are going to score more passing touchdowns. Um, but... We randomly drew very different drafting starting points. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, Dylan, you're going to be picking out of the two spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll be coming around at five. And then, David, you're almost closing out the round at 10 uh, in a 12-person league. So just going to walk you through kind of our strategies. Dylan's going to kick it off here with 
if you're drafting out of that two spot and then you've got a long wait before your second pick, mm-hmm. what's your strategy, especially with the first couple rounds? What do you do? Who do you target? And how do you build out your team? I think for me, especially going into the draft this year, um, obviously fresh eyes and not don't have too much going on. And do you remember where you drafted last year? In Last year, I felt like I drafted pretty late because I was able to walk away with guys like OBJ and stuff like that. So not, okay. not super high on the list. So this is new for you. So this is very new, getting a, a top-seeded pick. Of course, for me, it's a little bit of drafting with my heart. But uh, with a number two pick, I would pick up Christian McCaffrey, no problem. Obviously, I think he's a number one pick. If he's a number two pick in someone else's eyes, mainly the person going first <laughs> overall, I will take that any day. But again, you, you can't go wrong with um, that or Saquon, like him or Saquon, with your first overall. Um, do I want to get stuck at fourth with a choice to take Zeke at this point in time? No. Um, so again, for me, I at the first or second pick overall, I am happy to take uh, Christian McCaffrey and then uh, obviously thinking about later on, how am I going to strategize after taking, you know, um, looking at my running back in that I'm going to probably look at, because I will, in a 12-person league, have a slight back-to-back. Um, so I'll be looking at definitely another wideout and possibly like a back-to-back wideout scenario on who's available at that spot. Because realistically, CMC is going to carry me of course, as long as he doesn't get injured, like knock on wood, but um, he'll do most of the work as long as I pick up a decent running back at maybe my fourth or fifth pick. Um, I'm set in our league, especially in a two running back league. Um, I need to focus on having a wide receiver three, so I don't want to skimp out on a wide receiver one and two and just bulking up on my running running game right off the bat. Thoughts? Yeah, and I think what's really interesting, I mean, automatically you're bummed out about getting a late pick, right? Second pick is ideal. You get the first guy essentially that you want, that Mm -hmm. you've been looking for. But it's interesting to think that in the second round, you're going a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So it's that strategy, like you were saying, do I go with my running backs first and then make sure that I have those confirmed and ready to go? But when you think about it, drafting whatever you'll be in the second round. Almost doesn't matter. 23rd. So yeah. I, I would realistically have the second overall, and I'd follow that up with a 23rd. So and a, a lot of those, yeah, and a lot of those big names are gone by that point. But yeah, having that back to back of the 23rd and 26th, likely you can get that second uh, running back and probably a wide receiver one in that order. Hmm. Arguably, um, like, um, I know. You got you have the tenth overall. I have tenth, yeah. So you'll you'll probably touch on this a little bit more. It's almost the same scenario. You get just as good guys, but you still have to wait later on to get other guys, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, I'll have a good pick at the. Not to say that they're subpar, but down the line at twenty three is going to be better than you are picking at maybe thirty or, where would you be picking at? Math, is, sure math, math is not on my side today. So, uh, but down the line, it's I'm getting the better pick of the pile. You're just getting first grabs at the double, essentially. Yeah, and I think there's pros and cons. I mean, that's why that's why snake drafts are formatted the way that they are, so that mm-hmm. you know I'll have tenth and then whatever it is, fourteenth, 
Um, but my strategy and what what's helped me, what I like to do, I mean, it brings comfort to me when I'm doing this, is to get my running backs out of the way first. Mm. Um, just because I think there's a lot of depth when you come down to wide receivers. Um, you can get a solid wide receiver in the third, fourth, fifth round. I want to have my running backs figured out and sorted out right off the bat. So if you're if you're listening, David has the tenth overall pick mm-hmm. in a twelve person league. So at that point, I think I can pr- probably still grab a Gurley, a Connor, um, somebody like that at the tenth pick, and then probably still get somebody like a Mixon or Dalvin Cook with my second pick, yeah. and then I'm I'm good to go for my running back situation. Hopefully, there in the third round, there's still going to be a wide receiver one that I can grab off the board. Mind you, it all depends on what else happens with everybody else. You can't really deny picking up that wide receiver that's still sitting in the second round. So my strategy, go running backs first, get them out of the way. Unless but, there's a wide out that you Unless just there's can't. a stud wide receiver yeah. there. Yeah, and I think that's where I come in if in your position. If you're, if you're picking towards the back end of that first round in a PPR league and you, you now don't have those top four, maybe five, if you want to bring you know David Johnson. And we don't really know what Le'Veon Bell's situation in the Jets are going to be, but he used to be a top PPR because he caught passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have access to any of those guys and you're concerned a bit too much about maybe Gurley with his knee, I lean towards going back-to-back wideouts um, in a PPR format because the drop-off in running back reception targets is big. Are we but, talking about for David's yeah, spot? Yeah, at the yeah, back yeah. end of the first round. Um, so you're saying go wide receiver round two and three or go wide receiver one, one and two? One and two, yeah. if, if the names are there. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Again, in, in a 12-team league, if, if wideouts start going off the board and you don't have you know one of those top options to pick with the 10th overall pick, like your Julio's, yeah. uh, Michael Thomas, I don't, I don't think you would see Hopkins or Devontae Adams stick around that long, maybe no, OBJ. But, but it, if you can get one or two of those guys, I will take those over the Joe Mixons, the Dalvin yeah. Cooks. Uh, but having said that, knowing the depth at wide receiver is a bit more, um, there's definitely valid reasons of why you would want at least to walk away with one running back yeah, right, after right. your first two rounds. But but even in David's scenario, 10th pick, so he has the back-to-back the back back at two and three anyway, so... Uh, like his second and third pick will be very very close. So well, no, it's third and fourth, right? First and second, all of his first picks and second. Are Sorry, yeah, third and fourth yeah. is what I meant. So yeah. for me, it's the flip side. I think yeah, and I think what what messes with me a little bit this year is all of the uncertainties. So if yeah, somebody goes and reaches for Zeke and Melvin Gordon, then yeah, there's going to be some wide receivers that are sitting there that I'll yep. likely take in the first or second. Yeah, if those guys aren't taken. Oh, man, it's tough. Like now, do we think in our league Zeke or Melvin Gordon will slide to the second round? I don't know. We'll find out. and We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> okay. Um, if you had to take a take a guess, past twelve, you will. Yeah, let's say yeah. No, I don't think he does. I, Melvin Gordon, yes. I don't. I don't think Zeke is available in the second round. Yeah. Um, I've I've yet to see that happen. I mean speak for yourselves or draft the way you would um, again we talked about it last week it comes down to risk tolerance so, do so, you think he will be there week one week two or are you going to go 10 weeks until he realistically has to come back at, at that point otherwise there's no point in so speak about sliding down now we'll go to the fifth pick um, yeah which you have which is an interesting spot like picking out of that middle it it's a bit tougher again with this uncertainty because if there was no uncertainty, you could pretty much know who your top four 
are your Saquon, CMC, Kamara, and Zeke, which then, okay, you make a For choice sure. between do you go with David Johnson or do you take a top wide out? With this uncertainty, different offensive schemes, I think if you're picking like five, six, or seven, and nothing weird happens in the first four, like if somebody reaches for you know, Patrick Mahomes or maybe Travis Kelsey, okay, that changes the situation. But if you're... Love me some Travis Kelsey. Hey, he's consistent. He he's he is pretty much like taking a wide receiver. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a very good looking man. Yes. 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 We we can to all the confirm. female listeners. Travis and, Kelsey and male listeners. He had his own television program yes. for a short period of time. He did. Yes. I forget what it was called. I don't remember, but probably didn't. Do he, looks, Travis Kelsey he looks just like uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, they too, do. Right? Doppelganger. Like doppelganger right there. But uh, for me, if I'm looking at five, six, or seven, and nothing weird has gone on, I'm probably eyeing one of those top wide receiver targets. Um, between, you know, Hopkins, Adams, Julio Jones, for me... Out of those three, who would you choose? If I had full choice, I'd be taking Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um, with a fully healthy Aaron Rodgers coming back now. I mean, you saw the numbers he put up last year with a not 100% Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has come out and said, we I want to get him the ball even more. Mm. Um, that offense should be just as efficient, if not more efficient, than they were last year. And I, I love what he brings to that team. But I'm happy walking away with any one of those three. You could even bring, you could bring Travis Kelsey or Michael Thomas into that argument as well. But with that first pick, because I didn't secure one of those top running backs, um, I don't necessarily want to reach for that next level, David, that you were kind of talking about, the Mixons, the Connors, the Cooks. Uh, knowing that when I come around, again, in our league, probably looking at that 17th or 19th, uh, overall pick, uh, yeah, eighth pick of the second round, I should still have some good options available. At that point, it's a decision of, depending on who's left, if one of those guys are still there, if Dalvin Cook's still there, maybe if Todd Gurley's still kicking around at that point, okay, I'll take That's one of great. each. That's great, yeah. Yeah, if you can get Todd Gurley, if he falls to mid-late second round, uh, then I like that combo. I like having an elite wideout and mm-hmm. arguably one of the best running backs in the league who is still an elite running back. I think mm. people Overlook shy away. It, and again, okay, it's arthritis, mm. which is pain management. He doesn't have a broken bone. He doesn't have a fractured back. It's pain. But I his mean, workload will go down. Presumably. Yeah. But when you're old, you're old, right? So. He's not old, <laughs> right? He's, he's a young person <laughs> with arthritis. It happens. It happens. Um, so, but... They will figure out how to use him effectively. I'm good, Todd Gurley, with 15 to 20 touches and what he can do with those Mm. versus somebody like a Leonard Fournette with 30-plus of short little bursts. I'm not going to reach for him. But if he he falls in your lap in third, are you taking Well, that's different. Yeah, Leonard Fournette in third round is fine. But that back end of the second round, if there's no top – running back still kicking around, then I'm looking at a guy maybe like Mike Evans, uh, and I'll just roll with those two top wideouts, and then the next couple picks I'll start building my uh, running back depth. Knowing, again, it's not as deep, but there's still some good value to be had there in the third and fourth round that you could walk away top two, wideout, wideout. Um, and again, the closer you get to pick seven and eight, I really like that that wide-out, wide-out strategy just with the talent you can get. Mm-hmm. And also that top wide receivers tend to get injured less than top running backs. Yeah, 
Uh, so there's a little bit of a safety net there as well. Again, coming back to your risk tolerance of what are you comfortable with? There's always breakout players that you can't plan for in advance that, you know, the Derrick Henry's where you didn't know he was going to have a breakout year or Damian Williams, these kind of guys like you didn't know. Yeah, and guys that really came on late last season and are now reaping the benefits of that. Their their ADPs are a little bit higher. But Some a little too high, I feel, looking Back at my one year, I'm like, ah, I don't think he was that good last year, but mm-hmm. he was definitely better than what he started out Do you? Th- I have a question for both of you. Do you guys think you can have success in just looking at the rankings? So you essentially draft according to, you know, what a cue would be if it was on auto draft. No, you got to look at their shoes, their visor, their helmet. You know, that's my style. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan looks at the rankings and says, thank you very much. Yep. I don't care. Uh, like as much as we think we can be experts in terms of, who's going to perform well, who's not going to. There is value, I think, in looking at where they're ranked, what their ADP is. Can you have success in just running down that list? Here's the next available guy. 100%. I mean, for my one year, I could tell you that. Like, I relied... That's what you did? I relied a lot on ADP. Obviously, there were guys I followed on social and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, these guys are cool. Like, I'll pick them just because, like, (laughs) they look cool. They're... The rookie drafting strategy. These guys look cool. (laughs) And it worked out for me in the end, although I didn't go all the way. Second place, folks. Um, But, you know, you look at people like, you know, Miles Garrett this year, dripping in swag over uh, in Cleveland. Great visor selection, like all those. Would pick him solely because of that. Would I pick him very early? No. But would I pick him later on? Yeah, I might pick him up. You'd pick, you'd you also have to be playing in a league that has defensive players, yes, uh, which is rare. I mean, I I would love to have leagues where you're you're lining up uh, linebackers and safeties and corners, but it's tough to but find people. You can't people. do it. You, you can't can. do that. You can't. Not do in it. our league. Not in our league. Yes. We don't have. It's tough to find. But that's what I'm saying. People like that is yes. what I would pick up. Ten, twelve people that you know want to incorporate all of these defensive players, but uh, yeah, hey, if you can pick Miles Garrett yeah. and you Go get for points it. for it, otherwise can't do it no you can't yeah, so so don't right. um yeah no my my approach on adp is try to go through different sources um you know sometimes you can be biased by just looking at one set of rankings or you know a handful of of experts try to get as holistic as you can with it take multiple sources visit multiple websites um you know if you want to try to find something that's an amalgamated thing, Fantasy Pros is usually a good place to start just because there's usually north of 100 expert rankings. It puts it all into one. So now you start to get a bit more of a holistic view. Again, a lot of rankings are similar. Uh, try, I mean, hey, if, if you want to get really creative, try to make your own and see where that lines up with the rest of the people in the industry if you want to put that amount of time into it. I know we're going to head on to our last kind of portion but i want to pose a question for because since it's an unpopular opinion right now uh, we've seen adam schefter do it in his draft um so i thought i'd bring it up patrick mahomes being drafted first overall or let alone first round thoughts about that where would you take him if he fell into your lap kind of thing Um, and what is acceptable to take him to those that don't really know that are looking at the hype around mahomes Mm -hmm. great player but what's actually something smart to do with him yeah i mean i think first off totally depends on your league setup Mm -hmm. if you're in a two quarterback league yes for sure i have no problem if you want to take patrick mahomes in the first round possibly even first overall because of what he has shown the potential to do and the amount of points he can get yes knowing that 
the quarterback landscape in a two QB league drops off fast. Hmm. The draft is vastly different. And that's one where if you are playing in a two quarterback league for the first time, make sure you've done a mock draft or two to just notice the difference mm-hmm. um, in where guys go. It's the same thing if you've never played PPR and you're just going from standard. Wide receivers get a different value and they start to go faster mm-hmm. than they would in a standard draft. In a one quarterback league, I don't like his price tag. But again, that's just my personal preference. I, I don't like... So where would you feel comfortable taking him? If he fell... I don't I don't even know. I don't even know that I feel comfortable taking him at all. Because the reality of where he would fall like I like taking quarterbacks later. I like building my wide receiver and my running back depth to say like for me to even say, "Hey, I'd take him in the 10th round." It's pointless because mm-hmm. he's not going to be there in any any league you play in. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, you see them going 5th round, 5th, 6th round. I guess if he was still hanging around there, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, but that's that's me. Yeah, I think it's a good point, too, in, in terms of how you actually build your team. And I think what beginners tend to do is they try to get the top player in each position right away. So then you're building it so that you have your running backs, you have your wide receiver, tight end, quarterback. But you really, I think, have to know your league, and especially in a PPR, just putting way more value on the wide receivers and just leave some of that other stuff closer to the end quarterbacks for the most part will always get similar scores in fantasy yeah he he took it to another level last year yes he was a good chunk of points higher than the qb2 and, yeah and that gap some people might even reach on defenses or kickers but yeah that's where you see yeah. almost no end of season difference yeah um but yeah that's uh that's kind of your prerogative of where you want to take patty okay. mahomes showtime Showtime. Holmes. Let's yeah. hope we don't hear that 80,000 times on Monday Night Football. Do you see, um, before we move on, him and Troy Palomalu? Yeah. Head and new, shoulders? New head and shoulders commercial. It looks sweet. Like, no, but nobody will ever compare to just Troy on his own oh, with that you lettuce. Can't. You, you can't. can't compare to that you lettuce. Can't. That is flow. Um, okay, so moving on to our last segment here. And uh, again, just guys that we are hoping to walk away with some of these top draft targets. And okay, we're not going to name off. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. If if you could Shoot. get those guys, Dylan has to rework this whole segment now because that's he just had the top four <laughs> names written down. Um, but maybe some middle round guys, you know, third round, fourth round, or later. Um, and we'll just do kind of the top three offensive positions here. So let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, Dylan. Yes. Who is one quarterback that you're eyeing? Uh, in your drafts that you're really comfortable with where they're going mm-hmm. and you really want to walk away with? I think for me, in a Q- one QB league, I'm not overly worried. Like you said, in a two QB league, I'd be kind of reaching, looking to see who I can stock up on. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it to Baker Mayfield this year. Um, very good pick. Has so many weapons he can kind of play with on offense and um throws the ball well like you've seen in preseason if, if you may or may not have seen but uh he's doing thanks well thanks to you we see that all the time yes, dylan so. floods our inboxes with baker and obj yes. clips love uh love me some obj so in in that perspective it's not like baker's gonna go first overall in in respect of two qbs like we know mahomes is gonna go and there's a bunch of people you know what someone may reach for ba- baker mayfield but 
with your option of being able to pick him up maybe in the fifth or sixth round or wherever he may go for sure like he's a great person to have i'd love to have him on my team and know that day in and day out he's a great qb to kind of he's, go he's with. certainly been dropping you know i did a did a mock last night with a 12 team he, he went at the top of the ninth round yeah so i think early season projections or mocks or off you know early off season stuff he was going fifth and sixth round mm-hmm. and expectations have kind of come back down to reality ninth round pick yeah i think it's a great great value there yeah how about, uh, uh, David, your yeah. quarterback I've, choice. I've done well this whole episode to not have a Steelers agenda. But oh, oh, here we go. Oh, here I have to oh. go with uh, with my man, Big Ben. It's, Big it's, it's a strategy that I've used pretty much every year. Always overlooked, and it, that can be for various reasons. But Strategy or heart? Often imitated, never duplicated. <laughs> for me, it's actually strategy because he's never even in the conversation of top it's 10 true. quarterbacks you, you wonder why. to be drafted. No, but it, the he, guy performs. Though, he does, to your he does point. very well. And I mean, somebody who's watched the Steelers my whole life, he's been able to get the most out of his wide receivers. So yeah. that's where I think you take out the Antonio Brown conversation. He did it with Heinz Ward. He did it with Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace. He's always been able to utilize the weapons that he has. He slings it, never afraid to throw it, always throws it deep. Um, so that's a guy that I would wait to go late and then probably grab him right away, much to the chagrin of some other people in the league, but I'd take him. Dan, would you consider Big Ben bussin' or a bust? Well, I don't I don't think big, well, bussin', as I've come to learn, uh, is, is trending yes. with or, the kids. Or let's let's put a new word. Is he either, He's either bussin' or buggin'. Buggin'. Yes. Mm. One means, obviously, the one is alternate, but... Would so you buggin say, would be the downward? Yes, okay. correct. So buggin is means you're freaking what, out. What's like, the word for right in the middle? Uh, you're just on a bus, I guess. You're on the bus. Uh, yes. Okay. Let's put well, it that way. then put me on the Big Ben bus. Ooh, he's bussing. Uh, no, yeah, no. Yes. I'll, I'll, but to your point, he's not somebody. Again, that unless you're playing in a league with with a handful of Steelers fans, which we often find ourselves in, and those guys tend to fight over it. But maybe it is because you know what he can do and what he has done. Mm-hmm. And you can look past just the perception of, for some reason, that he's not that elite-level quarterback, yet he performs every single year at that level. He's very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, for about, where you can get him, yeah, absolutely. How, how about you? What do you... In uh, the 14th round la, la, in that mock draft that I did. Yeah, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dan? What are you picking at QB if you can? Uh, well, you know, I got to stick by... My words on our previous podcast and my prediction of that Jameis Winston finishes as a top 10 quarterback wow. in his system. Staying with it. 13th round. Um, you know what? If he picks him up in our draft, I will uh, I'll give you a gift. A you, gift? Great. Yes. I'm I'll tell you stoked, what kind of gift. Stoked for my Dylan Pereira gifts. So uh, look out. Gift could, from Dylan it, if uh, Dan it, drafts Jameis Winston. Next be, week we will. <laughs> could be in a uh, controller form. Okay. We will see if I've got a gift or not. But no, 13th round for, for Jameis Winston. Again, Bruce Arians' new offense. They have elite wide receiver options. Similar. Yes, he's not on the level of Ben Roethlisberger, but I think the opportunity to put up that level of yardage uh, and their run game is also non-existent. So he's going to be throwing the ball. He's going to be throwing and or running it himself for some touchdowns. We've, he's not one of the top runners uh, at the quarterback position, but he can scoot his way around back there um, and throw that that body around. So we'll see. That's uh, that's a quarterback I'm looking to walk away with. Flip it over to the running back position. David, who do you got? 
I initially had Montgomery. David uh, Montgomery. David Montgomery listed here, but I think his ADP is a little high. I'll go for somebody else that I think will go way lower and might get overlooked, and that's Singletary out in Buffalo. And I know mm. we always talk about keeping our hands off Buffalo just for whatever reason, pretty much junk at all positions. But if you're looking for a guy that might break through and take over that position as a rookie, Love that's it. a guy that's had a lot of hype around him. Yeah. So much uncertainty around the running back position. If I were able to get my stud running backs right away and I could take him where he's projected to go way later in the draft, that could potentially look yeah. like a brilliant option. And man, that's somebody that could potentially be a keeper next year. Could be, yeah. He's, he's a super late round depth target. Um, and a guy, as you said, could take over that role should something happen with McCoy. Um, I, I think they would go to him prior to putting Frank Gore into any kind so, of yeah. lead role um, and maybe just spell him if Singletary were to take over. No, love that pick as a late depth add. Um, for me, I'm looking, again, depending on where you're drafting, and if I'm in these middle rounds and eyeing kind of wideouts early on, guys that I like uh, popping up after that, um, Marlon Mack in Indianapolis, again, mm-hmm. fourth round, He's still the number one guy. You saw them. They went out and got Donta Foreman. That concerned me a little bit. He's on the IR again now. So another year, no Donta Foreman. I feel bad for the kid, but I, I don't know that we're ever going to see Donta Foreman play or even perform up to where he was expected to be. So you saw what Marlon Mack was able to do the second half of last season once he was given that feature role. Slightly concerned about the Andrew Luck situation if he's not entirely healthy, we've seen that offense without Andrew Luck, and it's not good. Uh, it's not good at all. But we've seen it with Andrew Luck, and it's an elite performing Although offense. I could see somebody reaching for Mac too. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on your league structure. Again, th- late third round, I'm okay with. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, But again, if you can't get somebody like that, um, another guy that I think to keep an eye on in those middle rounds is Tevin Coleman. In San Francisco, especially in a PPR league, he should be their featured back to start the season. He's an elite pass-catching option. I think they create ways to get him the ball. David, or Dylan? <laughs> I do not look we, like him. It's the problem. We all start with the letter D. We forget who each other is. Hashtag 3D Fantasy Football. 3D podcast. Fantasy Football. That's the three Ds. Yes, so we're still on running back yeah, here. That's where we'd be. So I initially had uh, someone that was a pretty high pick. So I'm not going to mention that person. So I'm going to talk about a little uh, deeper pick. This might be an unpopular opinion, but Kareem Hunt is someone I'd consider. Veto. (laughs) (laughs) Is someone I'd consider like super late round. You're looking at maybe 12th, 13th pick if it goes that late kind of thing. He's someone that... Yeah, he. You're not gonna play him week in week out, but well, he's, you can't. Well, yes, for now. Um, but Just down the line, Kareem Hunt suspended until week six, nine. nine. Oh, yeah. is it nine? Week eight, they have a week nine bye, so yes. he'll be back in week ten. week ten. So if you if you're looking at a guy fresh legs hasn't played, yeah, he was suspended, and yeah, he'll come back. Someone that you can look at being like, hey, he'll kind of come back to form. He might be sloppy in week nine or week ten, his first week. Yeah, but in that case, I think you got to be certain that your team's going to be pretty stellar for those. Like, if you're looking for that late playoff push. Yeah. But you're also looking at, like, what if you get injuries by week eight, week nine? Who are yeah. you going to sub in? You, again, it comes, you got to tolerate a guy eating up a spot on your bench. That's also, yeah, for risk nine factor. weeks. Um, if you have a 
because no, because he even can't be put on an IR spot because no. he's suspended. So you gotta have will, him as an active bench member. Yeah, yeah, he will eat a spot on your bench. If you have a very shallow bench in your yeah. league, I'm not drafting Kareem Hunt. Um, on, even if you're the Nick Chubb owner and you're concerned, does mm-hmm. he? Because you're gonna draft Nick Chubb probably second round yeah. as your RB one, maybe if you're RB2, lucky, RB two, depending yeah. on who you took first. Um, and I own Nick Chubb in our keeper, and I'm very excited. Um, big old Chubb. Yeah, big, big Chubb. Um, but the Kareem Hunt thing, it's it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know what their plans are with him come back weekend. Yeah, for me, I just know that very little amount of people are going to say, like, yeah, I'll pick him up, and mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be a waiver wire, I feel, on most fantasy leagues. But coming out with him in the last pick or something, that's something that I'd be very happy with. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here and give a wide out, or if you're very passionate about a tight end option, uh, we'll we'll entertain that idea as well. Just don't don't say Kelsey. Ah, <laughs> oh, darn it. Um, but for me, a wide out who I am more excited about now than I was even a month ago is uh, is Josh Gordon. Ooh, I, I'm yeah. You know. I want to believe in this guy, and I don't know if it's because I'm a Jags fan and the whole Justin Blackman thing and then that not working out. Here's a guy who's been given a couple chances, uh, and he is an elite option. Uh, We've seen what him and Tom Brady have been able to do when he is on the field, the amount that Brady targets him. You look at the stats of when Gronk was out and Gordon was in, leading big, big numbers uh, in that air attack. And you've got that opportunity again. Right now he's kind of going in that sixth or seventh round. I'm That's one area where I'm okay taking a risk on a Josh Gordon because he is a wide, wide receiver one on his team yeah. and can perform like a wide receiver one or two in fantasy. And at that level, the value for me there is, is huge. Yes, you have to keep in mind that at any given point, Josh mm-hmm. Gordon could be gone gone yep um, and i think if we see it happen one more time i don't know that you will see josh gordon in the nfl again but here's the thing josh gordon at his current spot of being drafted around pick 50 six or, or seventh round yeah I, yeah I i like it i'll take it i'll take the risks there especially again if i have the depth mm-hmm. if i've got a, a top wide out i've got a couple running backs um i'll take that mm-hmm. even you know bye week villains throw in a flex spot i will take josh gordon in my flex yeah and i'll be very happy about it okay what about you david who you got I'm going Allen Robinson, a uh, player mm. that I've had in the past. That, also on board with that. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to go super early. I reached for him a little bit last year, uh, which yeah, I, <laughs> I don't don't necessarily regret doing. He did get the touchdowns that I thought he would. Um, a big target, somebody that can be dependable, and I think he'll ha- have an even better year than last year. So uh, Allen Robinson's usually somebody that I'm happy to come away with, sort of that fringe fourth fifth sixth even seventh round kind of pick that uh, i'd be happy to get dylan take us home well david tried to stay away from drafting with the heart i tried to as well but i failed uh, yeah. i failed i'm here. the only one yeah who managed to put that well well i mean what 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 can you what can you really try taking the whole offense whole offense every one of them i mean you didn't even say fournette at wherever he dropped to hey Anyways, we're not talking about that. No. So that doesn't matter. Who are we talking about? Um, personal favorite for me and you, actually, me. Uh, on the Panthers. <laughs> ah. Good old DJ Moore hey. at the uh, wideout position. At the beginning, I didn't know because there's new 
offensive tools that Cam will have this year, but um, Moore is like dependable. You know he's going to get the ball. Like you know he's going to get the touches that he needs. Um, and overall, like he's going to be in a healthy spot. And at where he'll be drafted, it'll probably be a third or fourth round kind of pick. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I think that's a little high for DJ Moore. According you to ADP, definitely so no, no. take him. Let's there. let's uh, let's say <laughs> yes, tonight during our draft, <laughs> you should definitely draft him there. According to ADP, that's where he would land. But me, I'd be picking him up at sixth or seventh pick as long as he's available. Um, yeah, you take go end of the fourth round. Yeah, so he is he is getting drafted high. Shoot. Yeah, so. Let the record show that the amateur knew his stuff and the expert slash... I still say you should definitely <laughs> draft him there. Probably. No, I'll take Mahomes if he's, if he's sitting there. No, um, so would love to walk away with him. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But um, that's someone that I'd, I'd have on my wide receiver kind of two or three spots. Well, let's see if those predictions right. play out. Let's see if yeah. you guys actually end up taking those guys. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see how it all shakes down tonight, our draft at 7 p.m. And... Uh, we know we'll try to get you some updates, maybe some live shots from the draft, some visceral reactions uh, from the three of us. And uh, and next week we'll break it all down for you. So until then, uh, thanks for joining us again here on the 3D Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week. So we got... This is Dylan. David. And Dan. We'll check you out uh, next time. Check you, we'll check you out. <laughs> Peace. I don't know how we'll do that, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. Bunch of...